Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What up? I'm Trey Roland. Just kidding. I am not Trey Roland. My apologies. Uh, apologize for not being Trey because some of you come to the triple option to get away from my shenanigans on On the Bench. I am Brendan Sinone, the host of On the Bench, and I've been uh, welcomed warmly here to the triple option because Trey Roland apparently just snorted a bunch of WrestleMania into his nose over the weekend, <laughs> went on some kind of weird bender, and I don't know where he is. You guys don't know where he is. I am joined by Coach AB. I'm going to call him Coach AB all show because Trey's not here to make fun of me. And Kevin Little. Kev, AB, thank you, fellas, for joining me and for having me on and letting me host. I'm going to try not butcher this too much. No, no chance, Brendan. No chance. Yeah, we've had you on before, but having you take yeah. Trey's role just feels a little bit feels a little bit more like we're crossing worlds here. Where is Trey, by the way? Is he in the so, gutter somewhere from WrestleMania? So he had an absolute nerdgasm. I think Monday night he did a uh, a like horror sci fi um, podcast, <laughs> and he's basically limited to like kind of one ish podcasts a week. Um, you know, so. <laughs> I don't know how, how you got into contact with him for this. But. I don't. I don't listen. Trey is Trey. Is he's, great. he's a man of he, many talents. I he, didn't know he was into like sci-fi stuff. Oh wow. my god, Trey! As long it's, as it's corny, he'll he yeah, loves. If it's weird, corny okay. '80s ish sci-fi, he's into it. If it's nice. memeable, he loves it. We love you, Trey. <laughs> we really do love you. Yeah, we miss you, Trey. Bro. Trey, I will try not to completely derail this and drive it into the side of the mountain, uh, much like Willie Tagger did with FSU football. Oh, in 2018 whoa, to whoa, whoa. <laughs> I do have the mustache going here in honor of Trey. So, fellas, uh, I don't know. We're about a few days from spring practice wrapping up. Uh, the spring game is on Saturday. So I think this will be a good time to kind of do a little bit of reflection of what we've learned so far this spring. We'll obviously get into video a little bit later on on the show here. Uh, but I want to go over just some, some big takeaways. I, you know, I've been at every single spring practice. Kev's been at a, a, a good amount of them this year. So we have some insight. We have some things we want to go over and I want to kind of bounce ideas off of, uh, AB as kind of like the, not outsider view, but he's watching clips. He's hearing feedback. He's talking to sources and kind of see what's like mixing, what's matching, uh, what we're all getting together here. So, uh, I, I want to start off though here, fellas, last week, you guys talked about the offensive line and whether it was a liability. This week, I want to start off with the offensive line and ask if it's still a liability. (laughs) Uh, So news came out that Darius Washington uh, is going to miss the remainder of the spring, more than likely. He's had a a leg injury in this past scrimmage, and just to me, guys, this really shows how vulnerable FSU's offensive line still is, even though we've talked about improved depth and, and some reasons for being optimistic. It's still, you're just one injury away from the whole thing really kind of being patchwork. So uh, 
Kev, I'll start with you, man. Like, what have you seen from FSU's offensive line when you've been at practice and now knowing like, okay, Darius Washington won't be there for the spring. Like, does that, does that shed a light on anything to you of just like where this offensive line is from a depth perspective? Yeah. So if you go back and watch our, our video that we did last week, we've discussed in depth kind of how the tackle position has been the focus of the problem over the past few years, but we, we might have a little bit more confidence in the depth in that position right now than we do on the interior offensive line. And so um, losing Darius Washington is, is a concern for me just in the sense of you, you have a, some young guys at, at the guard positions that, that are really unknowns as of now. Um, and so <clears throat> Darius was one of those guys that, you know, can play guard and can play tackle. And so he was one of those pieces that really, gives a solid floor to an offensive line room. So hopefully he comes back. It, it doesn't sound like it's anything that's going to, to keep him out of playing games in the fall, but it really just kind of cements the fragility of the, the position still being uh, one of those things where one or two injuries could, could lead you down to a road that uh, looks all too familiar for Florida State fans. So, AB, I have a theory here. I want to run it by you with that in mind. FSU has, let's say, about three to four spots that we expect to be open to use in the transfer portal the remainder of the offseason here. Mm -hmm. I have this out there theory. If it were me, if I had my druthers, if I could allocate the scholarships remaining to the transfer portals I see fit, I would not go with one, not two, not three, but four offensive linemen shotgun scatter approach to just completely (laughs) assure myself of at the very least depth at the position group in a pivotal 2020 for Norvell. What, what say you buyers to know? Oh, I think I would still taking four. I don't think, I don't think I would be opposed to taking three. Um, I would definitely look to take two though. Uh, Somebody asked me this question earlier today, and I thought it was an interesting one. They were asking me about Robert Scott and if he was just a guy. Um, and I, or is he more than a guy? At, well, at first, the, the the question was like, oh, no, of course not. He's a good player. And I got to thinking to myself, like, I don't think he really is an above average offensive tackle in the ACC. I'm not sure he's very far above just average in the ACC. And I'm not sure how high his ceiling really is uh, at that position. Um, I think he probably is a better guard than a tackle, but even still, I'm not sure. I I don't know. I I don't, I don't know the ceiling there. I watch him. I watch him play. I've seen lots of film of him. It it just, there, there seems to be something lacking there that really screams taking that next step. Um, so I wouldn't be afraid to bring in somebody to try to continue to push him because right now, Rodor is not going to be a player who's uh, going to be reliable. They're bringing in Jalen Early and Julian Armello. Those guys aren't going to be ready for this season. Um, you know, and Darius is Darius is what Darius is. I mean, he's not an elite offensive tackle by any stretch, and he's probably a, a notch below uh, Robert Scott, truthfully, at, at the offensive tackle position. Um, I, I don't want to overreact to what's going on in the spring because communication with that group is so key. And that's not something that they're able to really get down right now. Um, that's something that'll be a much heavier focus when they get in the fall time uh, leading into the season. They're doing so much mixing and matching and moving guys around that you are missing that component right now. So I don't want to overreact to what they're what's going on. 
But I do think the position is a concern, and you you're going to have to bring. You can't rely on Zane Herring. You can't rely on Lloyd Willis. Uh, you can't rely on Rod Orr. You can't rely. I'm not 100. You can rely on Kate Lyles at this point. Um, you can't rely on Thomas Schrader at this point. Uh, so I mean, you're talking about a lot of guys who, leading into spring, you were thinking, okay, some depth, but realistically, probably not. Yeah, they have 16 scholarship offensive linemen, and Coach AB just ruled out about five of them <laughs> right there. Now, am I, I wrong say, though? I mean, uh, am I wrong? I, so the two guys that I think that I would push back on some, and this isn't like a adamant pushback, yeah, is sure. Caden Lyles. I think we're still kind of seeing. Josh talked about this on on OTB, which, by the way, this episode will air on On the Bench uh, on Thursday morning. So hopefully you guys enjoy this collaboration uh, between the triple option and On the Bench. But Josh spoke to Dylan Gibbons on his podcast. So podcast, (laughs) inception going on here. But Dylan had mentioned that for Caden Lyles, and I think Norvell mentioned this the other day, too. There's a transition going on here where he's sure. only been here for a few months and he's learning a new offensive scheme with new verbiage. And so and maybe you, you just alluded to that, too, like there is still this learning process going on. Uh, we're not seeing a complete version of what Caden Lyles is going to be. I will say the part that gives me a little bit of pause with him is like in the one on ones and stuff like when he is able to anchor, like you're not pushing him back, which is great. That's an upgrade over what Marie Smith has. But there's some athletic limitations that I've seen that. I'm not sure if that gets better over time with more confidence, with being able to play faster. I think there is some uh, some limitations of what he can do, like climbing to the second level and uh, being able to maybe handle stunts and some of the more athletic linemen, interior offensive linemen in the ACC. So that's one guy that I think will help. I still would say that I, I think he'll start this season. If you'd asked me before the spring, I would have said 100% he would start. Sure. Uh, now I'm probably like at 70%. And part of that is Marie Smith has looked adequate and that's because he's been able to be healthy and have time to kind of heal and that back's not bothering him as much. But they would ideally love for him to have a whole year to kind of put on weight, not play injured, and then go into 2023 just at 100% of, of what he can be. Um, and Thomas I, Schrader has looked okay, I was going to say, guys. like he He's getting more and more of a workload on him, but he's still really, really limited. So we'll see what, I guess, four or five months can do, yeah, do for him. Yeah. What were you going to say, Kev? I was, gonna, I was just going to elaborate a little bit on um, – why Caden Lyles, why, why the center position is, is so important and why it seems like, you know, when you talk about offensive linemen, usually you're not talking about how quickly are they picking up the system. Um, but center the center position is a different beast, right? So if you're looking at a blackboard that I have here, the center position is often the guy that has to set up the pass protections. So um, if you're doing like a half slide pr- protection where – this side of the offensive line is all going to slide one direction, just take the gap to the right. Well, these guys have to, these guys on the backside have to know how to pick up the, the rest of these three guys, right? You have the running back and the, the guard and the tackle picking up three guys. And so there's got to be a communication there. And oftentimes the center position is, is the guy that's seeing the field the best. He's communicating. He's, he's calling out what's called the mic. So the, the mic is often how teams will kind of set their their protection schemes and so it's really important for him to be able to pick this up this is not a position you can just throw someone in that doesn't know what they're doing um because they're kind of that linchpin and ab would kind of know this better than than any of us as he played the position but um yeah well so i i was watching somebody had put a clip up from 
I believe it was Tuesday's practice. And there was a play going to the right-hand side. It was a run play to the right-hand side. And it, it put the chalkboard back up there for me, Kevin, <laughs> if you don't mind. Yeah. And, uh, and Caden, Caden and the uh, left guard were working in unison uh, on some zone blocking. Um, and, and it kind of alludes to the communication aspect or in that kind of in-sync aspect that offensive linemen have to get into when they're doing a lot of double teaming or, or tandem blocking. Um, Caden had Caden had released the guard wasn't prepared for him to release and whoever the defensive tackle was I don't remember who it was kind of shot the gap and made the play it was one of those things that I think that when we're in the regular season and they've had more time together they will have communicated that better I do think that we're seeing some of that and uh, I, I think that that's a problem right now for them but one that they know that they can get corrected with more time together um we talked about it on our on our offensive line video. What worries me about Keen Lyles is he pigeonholes your offense, uh, in my opinion. I, I think you will lose some of that exterior run game, the, uh, the the stretch zone stuff. I think you lose that with him because of his lack of foot speed. And that worries me a little bit about him. If you move him to guard, you can't run your gap stuff because you mm-hmm. can't pull him. Um, so it, it worries me there a little bit uh, with what they got going on. I tend to agree with Brendan. He's probably going to end up being your starter just because of what they want for Maurice because his long-term value is best if he could take this year off and, and get his body mm-hmm. right. Cause he's got, I mean, he's got to gain weight and get physically more prepared. Um, but back to the original question though, which was, would you take four off the Deliman? <laughs> I, I think I would definitely throw two, but the problem is, is, you know, we're going to get into post spring. We saw them, and I've heard Josh kind of talk about this a bunch. You know, you had a lot of guys pre-spring that they just didn't pursue offensive tackles. Some of them were unattainable for sure, but there were guys that probably could have come in here and given you some valuable depth. Uh, You're a man of many theories. What what do you theorize is the reason for them passing on some of these guys? Even last year, uh, the um, the name is escaping me right now. He was the Memphis transfer who went to TCU, and at the time, you know, the feedback that we got from a pretty direct source on this was that they thought he was going to be more of a project player, uh, maybe kind of like a Chaz Neal, where he's got the size and, and does some of the things you want, but really incomplete. Well, the TCU transfer is probably going to be drafted this year, maybe like a sixth or seventh round pick. But uh, what would you do for a sixth or seventh round draft pick? <laughs> Uh, at offensive tackle at Florida State. So I do think a part of the component with the offensive line, and there's multiple things here at Onrap. I think one is, I mean, just like everything, what they've done in this la- in the last two off seasons, uh, specifically this one I think we've seen is very chemistry-based. I think Mike Norvell has his culture. He knows that it's still a building, budding program in terms of having leadership and having guys who practice hard, play hard. I think we've seen that more this, this spring than at any point uh, in the last few years. So I do think that the talent pool gets limited some. They're very keen on like, well, do they have a relationship with the guy? And if not, do they know for sure that he's going to be mature? Kind of like a Dylan Gibbons. Uh, kind of like Caden Lyles is regarded as very mature. Like they may not have a, a high-end working relationship with someone like directly, although Dilly may have known Caden Lyles. But, but in general, uh, if they don't have that direct relationship with him, they want to make sure that they know they can trust that guy 100% maturity-wise. So I do think that limits the talent pool some. Uh, secondly, you know, as much as I could be tongue in cheek and say I want four offensive linemen, and, and realistically, like I would, <laughs> I would maybe push like for three. Even that's probably overkill. Two is probably the realistic sweet spot. But I don't think 
the amount of anxiety that I have over that and certainly that the fan base has, if you go over to the Noles 24-7 message board, they do not like the practice reports and we're not even killing the offensive line on it, but they're reading the tea leaves and saying it's not great. Uh, internally, they're not as anywhere near as worried or expressing that at least and from talking to them that we are on the outside. I think they feel like some of the things that AB alluded to of communication of uh, having just time to kind of gel to have it together to learn the scheme will really solve a lot of the issues that we're seeing in the spring. Uh, so more so it's like, okay, well, Darius Washington will be hundred percent healthy and have a full off season more. So I think he'll be he- ready to go for the season, but will he be ready to go uh, in, you know, say June, July, when you're doing the heart of the, the summer conditioning program. Right. Uh, and then also a question with Darius is I thought he looked a lot better at tackle even in the spring than he did at guard. I thought guard was kind of exposing him being, you know, 290 pounds getting exposed a little bit uh, size wise where at tackle his foot speed and stuff shows a little bit better. Uh, so do you have a, a starting lineup still ready to go? Um, also with the offensive line, do you have a true right tackle with bless Harris? I think he's far better than I expected. Kev, I'm interested to get your thoughts. Cause you've been at practice. I thought he'd be awful and that you wouldn't be able to have anything <laughs> from him to be honest, watch some of his Lamar film, but like there's some core competency there, but he has apparently worn down in some of the scrimmages. I think he's been exposed a little bit as spring has gone on. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that he's a guy you feel comfortable with starting uh, at offensive tackle. I'm going to, I'm going to be very honest. I think he's going to turn out to be pretty good. Uh, uh, just, what have you seen or what is indicated I, to you? I think he's got, I think he's got the athletic ability to play the position. What worries me is he's strong enough. I, I was watching him the other day, again, on some of the clips and some things I've heard. I, I, I worry about his core strength. He, his arms get out. He seems to try to make up for a lack of strength with piss poor technique. Uh, Atkins got all all over him the other day uh, in a drill, and it, you know he's talking to him about keeping his elbows in tight, being able to shoot the guns. Um, you know, I I hope a, a good five months will do him a lot of good. Uh, I I do think he's athletic enough. Uh, we when we broke his film down when he committed back in what well, the hell that's probably been November now. November. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, he, the athleticism jumped out to me. I thought the foot speed looked good. Um, looked like he bent, bent well. Uh, I, I worry about his, you know, his development, obviously being at Lamar physically. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I am curious what, what he, that can become over these next few months. What's his weight look like? I mean, is he, he looks like he's, he's like, he looks like he's about 300, right? I, mean, I was going to say yeah, he looks three, like, three, three, five, three, ten ish. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to be a concern. Um, I, I think, again, I think getting some confidence through strength, uh, and I think some of the communication will help him. I would, uh, I, I wonder if you would be better putting a Dylan Gibbons next to him, a uh, veteran guy mm-hmm. next to him to help out. I wonder if that would help at all. Of course, you don't want to mess up your left side. You've, you know, that's <laughs> technically, you know, you're hoping that's your strength. Um, you know, Bless has got a, he's got a long way to go. I I am optimistic though, and I've I've heard some things that they do like his potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that it, it is still a project though. I think it still is a work in progress. So, Kev, who stands out to you on the offensive line from when you've been there? Like who jumps out is like I feel good about I know what I'm getting from him, and there's a level of a baseline of consistency and competency. Is there anyone? I mean, I think Gibbons is the obvious answer to that kind of question. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, he's 
He's now on a second year. He's got consistency. He's got everything you need for a guard. Um, outside of him, you know, I, I've been kind of disappointed in Lyles. Uh, personally, you kind of expect this kid coming from Wisconsin. We watched his film. He was, he was pretty solid. Uh, I think that one or two steps slow that he is, it, it can be a killer, especially if he's not uh, communicating. It kind of exacerbates any problems that are already there. Uh, and I would actually say that I've been pleasantly surprised with Bless Harris. Um, I think he, I think his his ceiling is a bit capped. Uh, I don't think he has the length to be an elite tackle or anything. Um, but like AB was saying, I, I agree that I think his athleticism allows him to kind of salvage situations that otherwise wouldn't be salvageable. That maybe he doesn't have the length or the strength for but he's going to be able to get in the way and, and kind of um, he, he's got good feet. And time and time again, when we see the guys that Atkins is bringing in, it seems like they're prioritizing guys that have good feet and guys that uh, finish well, let's say that, uh, just have like a tenacity to blocking. And so I, I, I see that with him. You see that uh, he's going to go downfield, he's going to block, he's going to hit somebody hard. He's got good feet, um, but he's just he's he's not quite at that point where um, he's standing out on any level. But I, I think I think he'll be reliable come come fall on some level. The, the way I've viewed Bless Harris, like how I guess the way that I viewed their view, Florida State's view of Bless Harris was that he was brought in to be a swing tackle, ideally, like that's the ideal world. And I think if that's what he is entering the 2022 season then you hit on that. Then that he is going to be a competent swing tackle. He'll be an upgrade from last year when you're having to play Brady Scott or someone at tackle and, and having to really eat into your, your depth. So I, I do think he's a hit there. I am skeptical on what he becomes if he's your starting right tackle at the start of the season. Like if he's your, one of your best five, but we'll see like that. There is time to develop still some of the things you talk about refining technically. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Kev, can you pull up my flow chart that I've been working on all day, uh, trying to figure out how to use Google Draw? Google Draw. I got to get you on some some Adobe stuff, man. Uh, yeah, and I also have to learn how to use the spreadsheet as well. There's a lot of grown-up here. things I have to let's, do. Let's go here. <laughs> all right, so this is something I'm creating. I'm going to put on the message board. This is a work in progress. <laughs> I want to get you guys thought for this, but I thought the visual medium would be good. We have, uh, I mean... Countless threads, someone enters the transfer portal, and it's always interesting to me to see what happens, uh, how people perceive this. So so prospect enters the portal. is going to be a flow chart for those listening on whether FSU should pursue blank in the portal. So prospect enters the portal. Does he play off its line? we got to get you some arrows in here, man. What is this? Oh, you think you think the arrows would be helpful with this? I mean, it's a flow <laughs> chart. There's got to be yeah, a there's flow. A, there's a line. Just follow the line. Immediately, immediate feedback on this flowchart is <laughs> the fact that there's not a picture of Josh saying FSU will not pursue. Oh, uh, that's true. Just fail at that point. Yeah, All right, hang just... on. I'm making notes. Arrows. Hang on. <laughs> Arrows. Josh. <laughs> mean. Okay. Got it. So let's just let's work out just more the the heart and soul of this. Absolutely. Whether sure. whether whether the the logic <laughs> is airtight. <laughs> Since I've already apparently butchered the format. <laughs> <laughs> does he play offensive line uh if not i say no only pursue if it's a surefire upgrade but probably don't pursue uh 
do you guys agree that it has to be a starting player? Like, I think you go offensive line depth and be okay mm-hmm. yeah. in, in taking I, in the portal. But if it's not a starter, any other position, like, including even backup quarterback, I don't think at this point I'm I'm ready to. I mean, how, to how give would up you? Those I would pick up another wide receiver personally. Yeah, I would take a wide receiver, and he if doesn't guy necessarily that, have a, to be a, a like a top a starter, two guy. If he's a starter, I would take a starting wide receiver. So a guy, so like someone. Yeah, if but, someone had like 300, 400 yards last year, we would probably say that's re- yeah. that's not that's someone who's probably going to play at a power five level. If they got depends on yards. where they got three hundred yards. If they got three hundred yards at Navy, then probably if they got three hundred well, yards at yeah. Washington State, they're or I guess Mississippi uh, State, they're probably uh, the number six yeah. receiver and probably not worth anything. Okay, so wide receiver, <laughs> no, but I'm. I mean, I think ideally, it's, like a path catcher would make sense. One allocation there, I think it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I mean, You're generally creating. speaking, though, that needs to be offensive line. I mean, that's that's the focus needs to be there. If you're getting anybody in the portal, it's got to be offensive line. You right, can't so, not take one. So, does he play offensive line? Yes. If so, I think immediately you start <laughs> you start looking. All right, get this guy help us. If he's above average, yes, offer him right now. Just just go all in. Don't think about it. Don't spend too much time. You need multiple offensive linemen. He has two feet uh, arms, two foot long wingspan. Take him. I what if he even... plays guard? What if he plays guard though? Uh, take him. Yeah. All right. Then I got a I got I got a Ben above. Stiller do it meme. Do it. Do it. Do so it. yes, I'm do with it. you. I think I think you take a guard. Now, what if Bama wants him? Well, if he's a good tackle. Well, you're not getting him. Well, according to my YouTube comments, uh, you should get him anyways. Oh, well, YouTube comments, uh, <laughs> com- comment, uh, subscribe to this channel, but also if you're commenting on it, uh, I think very little of you. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's, <laughs> I got good commenters for the most part. Yes. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, so let's go to what if he was a blue chip recruit who hasn't played much, uh, kind of like the guy from Oregon who just entered. He was a, a high end three star or maybe low end four star from and, South Florida and might be a cyborg because there's a potential injury. I mean, you know how Mike Norvell <laughs> loves injured players from Oregon specifically. Hey, but yeah, you know ooh. what? He's he's one of one so far. Trey Benson looks like a damn hit. That's, Trey Benson music to my like ears. a hit. All right. <laughs> And so finally, if this offensive alignment is below average, uh, if he's really below average and awful, we don't need we're not that desperate for bodies. Uh, but yeah, that's if the guy's slightly below average. If I'm talking about like 60 PFF grade at the power five level, you know what? You have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. So yeah, FSU hard up for offensive line still. That's what I'm saying. I think you still need to take two at least it, in the portal. It, it's stunning to me in year three that they are still in this predicament. I, I Well, you got to ask thought, the question, where's where's the development? Like, at this point, you expect someone to have been developed, right? Like, where's well, SDs? Yeah, so and- I, I was trying to think of that the other day, Kev. Like, uh, who... So, of the guys that have been recruited in here, so most of the snaps have come from guys who were inherited that they had to kind of work on. Robert Scott has... Uh, he has improved. I mm-hmm. do wonder if there's a ceiling to him. Would you disagree with that? That he has? I think he's better than what he, he was. Yeah, hurt no, a lot last season. Yeah. Okay, hundred yeah, percent, he's better. So development there. Um, outside of that, like outside of portal guys, has there I been? Mean, Darius, in, was Darius a Mike Year One guy? No, he was a, a Willie guy. guy okay. Twenty. Yeah, I think um, Randy yeah, Clements was, liked him. He's a freshman. Yep. So then Murray Smith kind of fall in that. Uh, Schrader's, been hurt. Schrader's been hurt the whole time. Mm-hmm. Herring was a year one guy, year one Mike guy. 
Yeah, he was a, he was com- technically committed to Willie, but, Willie, but yeah, that he was part, of, and so was Schrader as well, right. Lloyd Willis as well. Uh, Robert Scott was the only guy I think that was in that transition class that was a Mike Norvell find recruit uh, signee. Yeah. Um, so Herring doesn't look like he's to me. No. Like, have you been out there? He doesn't look like I was. You want taking a lot of snaps? Yeah, he isn't. He, isn't, he certainly hasn't stood out amongst uh, the the competition he's been playing. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Rod Orr so came in as a four star offensive lineman with a lot of upside, looking the part, but he is at least a year away from being ready to contribute, and that's a generous at least that I'm throwing in there. Just very raw. Uh, Lloyd Willis, we mentioned as the transition class, and I think he's developed some, but you entered the spring hoping that he could be a starter for you potentially. I, I, I don't think you're there. So yeah, the which shocks me. That shocks me because behind the scenes they thought he was a 2023 guy. So yeah, I don't understand. They've been they've been trying to work him there too. I don't quite understand the disconnect that if you thought he was a 2023 guy, why the hell you think now he's a starter? potential maybe hoping that i think part of it was last year was kind of a wasted year for him developmentally to an extent i don't think he was as engaged as they want so if you're kind of dangling the care of potentially starting being a swing tackle maybe that's a path to like getting you ready to go and engaged for 2023 would be my sure that makes sense Uh, so anyways development hasn't been to your guys point like hasn't been optimal but we think Alex Atkins is a really good offensive line coach. Part of it, I do wonder, is like, do you have the the talent slash, or if you do have the talent, do you have the guys with the right mindset? Like, if you don't have that combination of player that you've recruited that is both high end potential and someone who's got their cut from the right cloth to be a, a you know starting offensive lineman by year two. I just yeah. don't think they've recruited that to this point. Yeah. And maybe that exists, right? Yeah, like, well, with, with this upcoming class. Yeah, maybe we some need. of those guys that are coming in or that. But yeah. yeah, but that doesn't help us in 2022. So, yeah. anyways, I think we've depressed people with the offensive line. Let's go into. Uh, I do think it's going to be a better group than it was last year. I do too. For all the doom and gloom, I do think right. that it is going to be better. I just don't think it's gotten to average like we were hoping it was going no, to. No. But I think that this group does a really, and I think this is something that they, I don't want to say they bank on it, but I think that they know in the back of their minds. They can do a really good job, especially with Jordan at quarterback, of hiding their liabilities up front. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an important aspect to, to keep in the back of your mind. So let's transition to the spring game is on Saturday, 5 p.m. This is the last triple option show before the spring game. Uh, Kev did a preview on like what you could look for. For uh, for a spring game, you know what's beneficial thing to kind of take away from it. What are things that you kind of dismiss? And uh, little birdie told me that that Coach AB wrote something on the spring game. <laughs> Should be up on Tomahawk Nation maybe tomorrow. We'll see. I I can write. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, check it out tomorrow and we'll see. We'll see. No, I'm just I felt like being like Trey. We'll see if you can write. <laughs> uh, all right. Be, so be right long sentence. <laughs> all right. Good. So as we get to the spring game here, I want to collaborate on a list of five guys that we could all put together here. Uh, between the feedback that AB's gotten that Kev and I have seen from being there at practice, five guys who we think fans will either be pleasantly surprised with or will leave Saturday being like, all right, all right, like that, that was either as good as advertised or better than I thought. And I will start off, I'll, I will begin the conversation 
and submit for one guy for the list is Trey Benson. Oh, my man, Trey Benson. Kev, what have you seen from Kev? What have you seen from Trey Benson when you've when you've been sinned at FSU's? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I, I think we we've, we've kind of talked about it on this channel, and um, it was actually I talked about him in the video that I did the other day. But he's got a top end speed and size that's very attractive for uh, a Norvell style running back. Um, if you watch a lot of Norvell's offenses at Florida state and uh, when he's at Memphis and Arizona state, he's, he's very vertical and his approach both in the passing game and the running game. And so he wants these guys that are one cut, get up field. Um, and Benson kind of fits that mold, right? The almost Antonio Gibson style, just kind of a bigger back that just gets up field, gets yardage, um, and occasionally just break one, right? Get to the line. I think that at Florida State, since Norvell's been here, he's had the backs that have the have the elite vision, like Treshawn Ward, but don't quite have the elite speed or size. Um, and so, but then you have like that guys like DJ Williams that have the size, but maybe not the elite speed. And so you, you're hoping that. Trey Benson has the speed and the size. If he can have the vision, he's kind of the complete package of what Norvell's looking for in a back. And I think we've seen glimpses of that in this spring, and that's been very exciting. AB, are you cool with us putting him on this list of someone to be uh, be excited about for the spring game and, and feel good about what you're going to see? 100%. Yeah, AB's big Trey Benson guy. I am a big he Trey Benson guy. He's very excited it. about this. What do you like? To, like <laughs> what, so were you were you a fan even when the fan base was freaking out about uh, the Yeah, because I, I had heard that they uh, maybe had a little inside little inside help there on little, that one. Little yeah. birdie knew that the little, knee injury yeah. wasn't as... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Had recovered. So, there wasn't nerve damage and whatnot, which right, is a, right. a big deal. Yeah. And it, I will say, like, even without us, like, even we, we had that knowledge and I was like trying to tell people, like... I don't think it's as severe long-term as we're making out to be, but I still didn't know if like it was a good take just based on you were projecting a lot from, sure. from high school. But they hit on that one. Like they, yeah. Yeah. he's I, got the, I mean, his high school film, you could see he's got the size, the speed. Yeah. Uh, I, I worried about his lateral uh, uh, quickness some, but mm-hmm. it sounds as though he's uh, able to jump cut a little bit better than what he maybe did in high school, but, but it was a projection for sure. And with the high school, like Ray, he had him as like a top, I think it was like a top 300, top 400 prospect. Like that's projected as someone to be like a late draft pick. And I think that's kind of like, you're looking at an NFL caliber talent. I don't know if he's special. I don't want to like mislead uh, people sure. that you're getting like yeah. a you know, yeah. day one running back, but that's right. a guy who could play on Sundays. Yeah. I think that's kind of what we're taking away. All right. So that's my first submission for a guy for this spring game that you guys should be excited about watching. Uh, Kev, I'll throw this to you, put you on the spot here. Uh, who do you who do you want to submit as a a guy we should all get a little ooh and ah from on Saturday? Oh, I, I think I'm gonna steal. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not gonna steal AB's answer because I think I know AB's answer. So I'll go a different different no, route. Oh, I was gonna say steal it. Put put AB on the spot. Yeah, do it. Let's mix okay, it up a little well, bit. Well, AZ is the answer. That That's a hell. Be my answer. Oh, that is that is a hell. All right. So so why a good sub- another answer? Why but sub- maybe I'll take it. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 go around to it. Uh, th- there's enough for everyone. Why do you why do you submit Az as someone that the fan base is going to be excited to see on Saturday? He he's got the tools. He's got um, length. So that that's the big thing, right? So when you look at a corner, a modern corner, uh, 
what I kind of think of is like the the prototypical corner is this kid that's coming out of Cincinnati this year. Um, sauce. I, yeah, yeah, sauce. Um, the kid's a stud. So if you haven't watched him, you should go watch him. He's like six foot one, six foot two. His wing, his wingspan is ridiculous. His hands touch the ground when he's standing there. Like he's just. And they, they do l- legitimately hang below the knee. Like that's not an exaggeration. His his hands are or arms are freakishly long. It's yeah. crazy. And and that length just allows you to make up for a lot of maybe if if you've lost ground or um, win some of those jump balls. Um, a lot of those glance routes or slant routes over the middle allows you to kind of break on those a little bit faster. And we've seen glimpses of AZ being able to do that. I think. Right now, he's a little bit of a longer guy, uh, which which is an advantage, but it comes with a disadvantage of being a little bit slow on those like in-breaking quick routes. And so it'll be interesting to see how he kind of continues to adapt to that. I think he does well when he's matched up on bigger guys like Span, like do Span or um, Portier or, or whoever. But I, I think he might have a little bit more trouble if they're able to match him up on on a smaller, shiftier wide receiver like uh, Micah Pittman or Ja'Kai Douglas. I think you'll mm-hmm. see that length kind of be a detriment in those situations. But it's it's an e- it's one of those things that will be fixed with time as he gets better reading guys off the line. Uh, but I think it'll be so obvious to everybody else, like it has been to everybody that's been at practice that. The kid's just kind of built differently, and he's the prototype of what you want in a modern corner. They missed on his ranking. That kid should have been a five-star. They absolutely missed on his ranking. The kid is Jalen Ramsey 2.0. I don't, we'll see if his – we will see if he turns into that or not. But his size, his speed, his athleticism, I mean, he is a freak show. He, he I think we had him as like a top 100 recruit. So I, yeah. I don't, but I don't know well, – Jalen was cut from a cloth of like this feistiness uh, and, and AZ is certainly competitive, but he's a little bit more quiet, more even killed. Now he has this level of maturity to him that I think will certainly help him play early on. Uh, I don't know if he's Jalen Ramsey's start on a, uh, a really great team. Good, but he he's going, he, I'll put it this way. I watched first day of practice. I'm like, that kid's playing on Sundays. And part of it is yeah. there's not a lot of Sunday caliber players on this roster still. So it does stand out. I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, it is just, Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson was kind of the same thing. You walk by, you're like, yep, yeah, that's what that's supposed to look like. Uh, AZ, a similar type of feeling from him. I'm, I'm with you, Kev. Like, I think that's a guy who, when fans, they can hear about us, talk about him, or uh, see – you know, the videos, clips and whatnot, but like to actually see that in person or watch it through a live game on TV, uh, you'll see the the size, the speed, the length, the fluidity at that length. It, it's impressive. That, that's a good submission. Uh, so since you didn't steal ABs, uh, AB, you're, you're at bat here. Well, I, I was going to say Micah Pittman, but I'm not going to say Micah Pittman. I'm, I'm going to go with Derek McClendon because I don't, I think everybody said that he's, you know, he obviously called his shot with he's the best DN in the nation or whatever that <laughs> quote was. I think that yeah. that's a, a bit overzealous, but I think the fans are going to be pleasantly surprised with what he's developed into. And is this year three for him or year four? I mean, this will be year four. He was a 2019 guy. Yeah. I, I think he's a guy that's going to be a consistent performer for them. I don't, I don't want it to seem as though he's, you know, Keir Thomas or uh, uh, Jermaine Johnson, obviously, but I think that he's a guy who's going to be a pleasant surprise uh, in 
you know, in his fourth year that they're going to be able to get starter type snaps from him. And he's not going to be a liability. Um, I mean, he's a guy who, what, four sacks last year, five sacks. I, I, I can't remember I, off the top of my head. I think it was either uh, the PFF has different. So I, I confused yeah. me. I think it was three and a half to four somewhere. In that yeah. range. I, I mean, I think he's a guy that you can maybe project to double that number and pro- you know, potentially get into that seven-ish range, which I think is a hell of an upgrade. Um, so, my for he for me, he's just a guy that I'm really pleased has taken that next step in maturity and in focus. And I think he's a guy that the fans are are going to see. Uh, yeah, depending on how many snaps he ends up playing, but uh, I think fans are going to be pleasantly surprised at what they get from him. His body composition is totally different, which yeah. I think people will see right away. So that's a, a good submission. I like it because of that. Like you'll see. Uh, him and they talked to the coaches have talked about this too. Like it's the way he moves is a little bit different than it was at any point last year. That's what losing 15 pounds, but adding muscle will do for you. And that's not spring bull crap. Like he actually right. has lost weight and his muscle mass. It's all about muscle mass, right? Kev? Yep. That's, mass. you know, it's got to attack right. on mass. It's the implication. Uh, so <laughs> if the one thing I will push back on having him as one of our five, can we have both him and Jared verse on the same list? Cause Jared verse definitely has to be on that list in terms sure. of, sure. you'll see him. All right. So we'll put, yeah. so we can all, Defensive co- end I think they're a tandem. Right. I mean, they're going to play in tandem throughout the season. We, we, we would agree with that. Correct. I mean, I, I, I think I'm sure there's their, their past package. Yeah. We'll have yeah. those two guys on the outside and you kick Dennis Briggs inside yeah. ideally. So, so I, I think that uh you know pairing the two of them together is probably the right call. All right. So we'll put we'll put Jared verse on this list. But talk as about well. Jared. I you mentioned him. We won't oh. we won't include him. But talk <laughs> yeah take some time to talk about him. <laughs> so Jared verse is getting better and better. Like if you want to like break up the speed the spring by like every three or four practices each week or something like that. Each segment, each station, each pod of of spring practice he's gotten better and i think that's what you're excited about freaky athlete not you know we're gonna get the jermaine johnson comp just because of defensive end he recruited him they're not the same type of player he's shorter than jermaine johnson is he doesn't have that freaky wingspan uh he may have better like core strength run edge setting ability when it's all said and done but jermaine johnson was like 22 23 years old when he got here uh I think Jared's about 20 years old. So there's still development. But yeah. uh, in terms of having these freakish athletic skills, I'm sure like I wish I had the G- access to the GPS and what it said about Jared verse <laughs> because his ability to go from uh, start to max speed just seems different than any other front seven defender that they have. I'm including linebackers as well. Um, I guess it's technically front six because they're going to be running mostly nickel uh, this year. But yeah, he's so freaky good, but he's also really competitive and gets after it. Uh, his instincts are still developing. Uh, apparently, like during the scrimmage this past Saturday, I was told he had three sacks. And someone said like, hey, he, he doesn't even quite know what he's doing still in the scheme. Uh, that does get them in trouble with run fit sometimes. Yep. But the fact that he's making plays without really knowing the scheme or well, you saw uh, that he, with Jermaine last year too, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to take time. And that's yep. hopefully like knock on wood. You have Jared verse for two years. I think that's a sweet spot for him. That means uh, if you have him for three years, that means something went wrong with the development. If you have him for one year, uh, I guess that maybe means something yep. went really, really right. But that puts you back in the portal for a defensive end again, probably. Uh, have you seen that too? Kev from verse like that explosiveness when you've been out there? Yeah, he's, He's really just a, a different level of athlete on, on, and that's what you expect out of your defensive end, right? Like 
if you ask people that are around football, uh, in my personal opinion, the defensive end is most most athletic position, right? You've got to have explosiveness, strength, size, length, and he he just he stands out. Um, I saw him the other day. He was coaching up uh, another defensive end on on some moves and stuff. So that that was a really cool thing to see that he's stepping in and kind of taking a little bit of a, a leadership role that people are looking to to him. Um, it, it is clear to me that he's, I mean, at first he was getting some favorable matchups in, in some of the seven on seven situations and, uh, it kind of made him look probably, probably too good. But, um, yeah, I, I think you're still going to see a small, a, a drop off obviously from what Jermaine was giving you, uh, last year, but the, the kids an an athlete, like the, mm-hmm. my favorite clip of him I, I put in the video was the clip of him almost chasing down the Syracuse running back from the backside. So (laughs) he just takes off like this kid. I mean, he's that big and he's running like a four, six 40 and four, five 40, just like the Syracuse running back is, is the best or the most productive running back in the conference too. It wasn't like some slappy third stringer that he was doing that too. Uh, Kev, you're, you're, you have a, a good eye for talent. That was the play that apparently when FSU was scouting for Syracuse, they saw that. (laughs) <laughs> play specifically and they're like all right if that kid enters the portal we are going in on him and that ended up being a huge deal they've got in early on him because they knew exactly who he was and they were that relationship worked out so uh the maturity brought up the uh, work ethic listen the scheme stuff and the, some of the techniques it's gonna be a work in progress but he's it'll come v- very likely going to get there i agree so we're doing dmac and jared verse as a tandem right we're cheating like when i do a list on those 24 <laughs> 7 all right so so we'll go quickly here for the last two uh, I will nominate it's not gonna be a super sexy pick from like a physical standpoint, but I think people are gonna really be impressed with Tatum Bethune's ability. Uh, that to was the play. other one. Was that all right? Yes, took it. I stole it. That's the name of the game. You gotta steal it and break someone's heart. Uh, <laughs> why why were you gonna have Tatum Bethune on the list, Kev? Oh, uh, the kid has so I think we on on our channel and uh kind of the analysis that we do have been harsher on the linebackers. And I think a lot of other outlets or a lot of other people have chosen to be, um, it might be because a particular one of them is from Tallahassee and is a fan favorite. Um, but it might be because, you know, we're watching the film and and we get to see it multiple times where the linebackers have really kind of left the, the defensive backs out to dry. So like, um, I'm, I'm going to go to the, the, the whiteboard here. So like a are, lot are you of talk about 20, 2021 as well, because it, because the 2020 was an abomination for linebacker play, but, but 20, it, it improved was, last year, right? Kalen Deloach came in. Um, and I, I thought it was a huge improvement personally. Um, so the way Florida state plays a lot of their, um, so like if you, if you give Florida state a trips look, right. So you have three receivers to one side, what they're going to do is they're going to cheat this safety, this backside safety over here, and they're going to play what's called solo, which basically means that this guy's just man on man here. He has very little safety help, right? So in essence, Fuller wants to be able to have one guy that's on an island that he trusts. And unfortunately, when this guy's on an island all by himself, it means that uh, he's got to be able to defend anything deep or anything over the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so where Florida State's been beat a lot in the recent past is either 
by having running backs release out into the flat and having linebackers chase them or by running, having teams run over the middle like this. And these linebackers are just deficits in coverage to the point where they're unable to get underneath these guys and make life easier, right? They, the corners can't defend everything. They have to have some amount of help on the inside on, on some of these routes. Uh, so uh, I think that Tatum Bethune has an instinct for coverage. While he might not be the fastest guy if he lined up on lined up, up on a 40, he has good footwork. He tends to... Uh, we, we watched a fair amount of film of him when, when he first committed. He, I think what stands out about him more than anything is he has a really good sense of where to be on the field. Um, he, he does a good job of backing up in coverage, getting underneath those routes when it's necessary, and he's got a good nose for the football. I agree. And he does you know, the, the straight line speed, I think, if you have to see him like open up in space is where he maybe gets exposed a little bit. But hopefully he's not doing that a ton. What he does do well, and we've seen that like even like in uh, they'll do like a cat and mouse drill at the start of practice. And you have to kind of run around a cone and thud you know, with the, a ball carrier who's also running around a cone. He'll beat the ball carriers around the, the, the code, like the first little loop that he does. So he has some good uh, short area speed and, and change of direction ability, which is really what you want in a linebacker. So. Uh, Cool. I think we're all on the same page that he is someone that we're looking for uh, because I nominated someone and then I stole it from Kev. AB, I will let you have the final honors to nominate. Maybe get us a clean sweep of, of five here. We could move on to the uh, final segment of the show. I, I guess I guess I was going to say Micah Pittman earlier. I'm, I don't think I'm going to say him again. No, no. I, I, it's, I mean, it's between he and Johnny Wilson, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll go with Micah. Um, I, I think that fans are going to be. I, I first off, I think that perhaps the staff is surprised yeah. at the at the level of play that they've gotten from Micah this spring. And we, I know that there is a, a stigma out there that he is a bit of a practice player or a practice All American. So we'll <laughs> see what happens when lights come on. But I mean, he's been a consistent performer throughout the spring, especially mm-hmm. after that first week. Uh, he, he's a guy that just makes plays, right? And I. I mean, I know I've heard that they're very pleased with what he's become competitively, consistency-wise. Um, I, I do worry that he's catching a lot of passes from maybe not Jordan. Um, but I don't think that in the grand scheme of things, that really is going to end up I mean, mattering. I think take. he's a... He, <laughs> I, 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 no, we're not going to get into the quarterback. <laughs> he, we're not, not going to do the guy. But but Micah is a guy who they're going to be able to game plan. Um, they're they're going to be able to do things with him, create punt return like situations for him in the offense with quick screens and stuff like that. And we've seen some of that in the videos that have come out in the uh, uh, two minute offense stuff that they did at the beginning of practice. Um, so I, I have a lot of optimism for what he's going to be able to do. He obviously needs to transition into the games now and get it done and stay healthy. Because I do think injuries have been a part of his problem or were a part of his problem at Oregon. I remember watching him early on, or not early on, when he first committed. So early on when he first committed, I guess. Uh, but I watched a couple of games of him at Oregon and I remember just thinking to myself, it was only like a two-game sample size, but like I feel like schematically or just uh, personnel usage-wise, like they were leaving a lot on the table for him in terms of like when they got him the ball, he did good things. And I thought he was a willing blocker on the perimeter for a little guy. That was some of the feedback I got from the from sources inside the program. Like when he committed, was like they thought he was going to be a dirty work player. He's going to be able to yeah. do a lot of things at a above average level. What's been a pleasant surprise is and we did get that feedback of him being like a a practice all American. And it wasn't even like 
it wasn't meant to be a pejorative term. It's just he did crazy things mm-hmm. in practice and wasn't getting those opportunities necessarily in games. There's a couple clips where he makes some crazy catches in games. He doesn't get a whole lot yeah. of that bats though. Uh, but I think what has stood out to me is the ability to make plays vertically in practice with some level of regularity. Like there's something maybe daily where he makes a, a contested catch either like on a, on a fade concept or, or just something downfield where he's, he's doing something acrobatic where you say, Oh yeah, that's, that's a little different than what we've seen the last couple of years. And, and so I like that nomination. Plus think about it. It's going to be Saturday evening it's gonna be a little chilly out in tallahassee probably about 60 degrees the lights are gonna be on at doke around 6 p.m the sun's gonna be setting it's gonna be the end of the first quarter of the spring game people gonna be a little antsy maybe a little bored it's probably gonna be like three nothing the quarterbacks aren't in a groove yet and then the punt the punt team comes out and it's not gonna be live it's not gonna be able to return it here but they're gonna punt it master is gonna boom one it's gonna go 60 yards it's gonna be go he's gonna have to and he's not gonna have the mullet anymore mastro so he's gonna be aerodynamic as he punts the ball and micah Pittman is gonna be like 50 yards back and then he's gonna say oh no i have to backpedal and he's gonna backpedal so smoothly he's gonna go like this he's gonna catch it and the crowd of like twenty five thousand people is gonna go that's why he's a beautiful story it is a hell of a it is a hell of a bonus, and it's so sad that we have to be so excited about a guy catching a freaking bun. Yeah, it was right. a killer last year when someone didn't. Yeah. So, oh boy, that <laughs> Florida game will give you some agita. All right, so recapping: Trey Benson one, Azaria Thomas two, a tie with DMac and Jared Verse. It wouldn't be a list that I'm doing without cheating and taking liberties, putting two guys at one spot. Right, I, I kind of want to put a second guy. Uh oh, go can, ahead. Can AB we spend? Can we spend like a minute talking about Johnny Wilson Jr. You're going to talk about him dropping the ball sometimes? Yeah, he better he be able to drop the, the ball. ball That's so right. disappointing. Kev, noticed, I'll, I'll give this to you. You noticed something that irritated you with his wardrobe on uh Okay, on so I actually noticed this twice. I went When I was watching the film, I was gathering the clips that we're going to do later. He was wearing gloves early on, and oh. I guess he was dropping balls. And then last practice, we saw he wasn't wearing gloves. So I guess he's getting desperate trying to figure out how he can hold on to footballs. Michael Jackson next, one glove, and see if that works. Can we make he, Michael Jackson jokes in 2022? I don't know if that's okay. I think, I think it's been enough time. Okay. The kid's a freak athletically, but if you can't catch the ball, like... What's his hit rate for catching the ball? I mean, in a practice, he gets seven uh, routes balls. Routes on air? 95%. <laughs> he... he so Tuesday was a particularly bad day. And I think there was two to three drops, but like the, the drops were just like, they were layups that you, maybe they weren't wide open, but like those are ones you expect your big physical receiver to come down with. Uh, it hasn't been like this glaring, like, Oh, you can't play him type of deal. But I think Tuesday was probably a low point that maybe kind of makes you start reflecting on uh, some of the consistency. It, it, if it wasn't a problem at Arizona State, I wouldn't be that bothered by it right now. But the fact that he did have some drops that was at story. his previous stop, that that is something that is going to be like, all right. Um, and and some other feedback that we got too on him was like that sometimes, and you see these great, uh, that I'm sure why Kev wants him on this list is because, and I guess I'll let him be a tie with Micah Pittman, but is that he does make some really freaky athletic catches downfield on fades, like that he, at six foot seven, to be able to turn and, and adjust the ball like he does is impressive. But, he does play a little small sometimes too, where he can kind of disappear, get boxed out. I think maybe more than like, like Sam McCall did some really good work on him in practice a couple of weeks ago. 
or a couple days ago, excuse me. Um, Sam McCall is still growing a lot technically, and while he has some impressive physical tools, you would expect your third-year wide receiver, or is it fourth year now for Johnny? I think third year, for Johnny Wilson to win that matchup more often than he lost it in one-on-one, and, and that didn't happen. So, but I think he strikes me as a kid that if he can't get into his stride, he's going to struggle. Meaning if he can't, if he yeah. can't get a free release, he's going to have a hard time. I think that's that seems like that's kind of what it was at Arizona State too, um, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, six seven, he's a tight end. I mean, uh, you can call they can call him whatever the hell they want. He he, he is a tight end, uh, uh, body wise, athletically, um, probably can run a little bit better. But uh, and that's what he is at, at that height. I mean, that's just kind of how you have to utilize him. And I think that that's what the plan will be. You know, and when I say tight end, I don't mean line up a you know, with his hand in the dirt on the line of scrimmage or, you mean or like, off the ball in like an H-back roll, but in in compressed formations with uh, doubles on each side, a guy that's, cl- you know, they bring him closer to the ball or on the backside of the trips when they have that flex. Um, you know, they're, they're going to treat that kind of what they did with Josh Burrell last year. They, they're they going to treat that kind of tight end-ish and create mismatches in the run game with that bigger player. Yeah, I think I think... People are going to leave the spring game thinking, if this kid can figure it out, he's he athletically stands out. And I think, yeah, top end, you see him. I forget the kid's name, but the the guy that played that kind of flex role for Miami a couple of years ago. Um, uh, you you kind of see him doing doing that and just being kind of elite um, as this kind of hybrid player, hybrid wide receiver, tight end. Um, but if, if you're unable to catch the ball, it doesn't really matter how physically yeah. gifted you are. All right. So I was writing down the list so that way I can steal it and use it on uh, <laughs> later this, later this week. Yeah, we better right. get some commission. <laughs> um, let's get some film up here. Let's get some film. Let's get, let's get rolled on the film. Yep. Let's get going. Yeah. So I, I guess we should preface this by saying, if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, you are free to continue listening. Uh, but the, <laughs> Uh, experience may be better if you switch over to the YouTube channel where, where you can see the film we're watching. And where can they, what, what is yeah, the where, YouTube channel so they that they can find, find that Kevin? So that, yeah, this is, this is going to be on X's and Knolls. Um, so that's the channel and the show is the triple option. So you guys have to do something about that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, you're allowed to be on the bench that writes for two, four, seven sports. So. Knowles 24-7 presents on the bench, colon, an X's and football Knowles podcast. Get it right. Triple option. X's and Knowles presents the triple option. There you there go. We go. <laughs> I did have anxiety like about that, shockingly, before the show. I was like, the triple option. I had to write it down on my notepad here to make sure that it's I was all right. the right It's thing. only one of the this most is, common plays of football history. This is early, early on. <laughs> They're working some quarterback run game here. This is like from day one of practice. We can see A.J. Duffy pull the ball. I like Kev being a dick, by the way. It's, yeah, it's 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 more just it's the sarcasm. A, it's a good look. It's a good look for him. So you got so a this bluff is, block here by Jackson West. That's Jackson West, con- right? Yes. Yeah, this is a concept I've seen a lot. I think Johnny Wilson's doing a, a stalk release. Um, I've seen this a few times. They'll they'll throw the ball to him for this. Yeah, if he pulls it, that's a that's an optional read of a down downfield. You, you actually see that later later on. Mm-hmm. So he makes the right read here. Looks like a defensive end. Ooh, got some weird artifacts. Uh-oh. The defensive end bit, so he thinks he can pull and get the corner. Um, and he's got that lead blocker, Jackson West, ahead of him. Yeah, closes a little quick for him. That's a that's 
That's a freshman kind of learning the speed of the game, maybe. Well, here, look, you see it. It's because he tucks it. He tucks it early. There's a read here, oh. right? Johnny Wilson releases oh, so downfield. If this guy okay. bites up, he has to throw this ball, and he misses that read. Yeah. Because he makes his decision to run too early. Right. You can't tuck this ball. So look, right here, watch Johnny Wilson. He throws him down. He's looking for the uh. ball. He pulls it, and he should be looking, reading this guy. If he bites, he throws it over his head. His eyes aren't even in he, that area. Yeah, he pulls it, and he's looking down. Okay. They do like A.J. Duffy. There is a, uh, a hope that he doesn't have to play this year. <laughs> it was kind of see the same concept again working out here. Yeah. But and that's where you get to see, and that's why I call him a tight end. I mean, you get to see he's physical, 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 kind of throws by, and then releases but he, and that's not something you consistently get from Malik McLean's not doing that a ton I don't think Johnny has like a like his PFF stuff at Arizona State as a incredible blocker was it was incredible. really good yeah he's, I mean, gonna be, he's gonna be a threat out there as a blocker yeah I think so boot game this is something we've seen a little bit more here through uh, yeah a fair amount of boots which I like spring yeah I mean if you're leaning building the offense around Jordan Travis right, right in mind yeah, yeah. Especially with the pistol stuff, you, you hide the back, you are able to, you know, that's one of the main benefits of the pistol is being able to work boot game off of it because you, you hide the ball. Yeah, I mean, watch what Louisville does. <laughs> this is their whole yeah. offense. Yeah. <laughs> Clean reads, right, for the quarterback usually too out of that. Like it's going to be a yep. lot of stuff. There. The only, the only negative is you get into half field stuff, which, mm-hmm. you know, you're eliminating some some options. Right. And this is, I mean, he doesn't really have anywhere to go with this ball, so. That's not terrible placement. DJ Lundy in coverage. How about that, guys? Yeah, let's let's look at that. Because he's actually been fairly, fairly. Uh, he's moving better. He's bit. lost better. some weight, yeah. and yeah. I, I yeah. think yeah. all the yeah. linebackers are. So that's that's an encouraging sign. I, our biggest complaint with the linebackers was that that they were slow, and so losing a little bit of weight, moving a little bit more fluidly is is always a good thing. All right, so. I think you're going to get a little bit less out of the running game early on. Um, yeah. So we might want to so try to, to jump until there's pads. Yeah. 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 I had us chat and we're, we're behind schedule, I think, anyway. So it's uh, I'm I'm cool with us moving things along if we have to. All oh, right, here we so go. Pads, pads. Just like that. Just like that. Magic. Magic. Of magic. Movie magic. <laughs> All right. So. So here's Caden. Lyles is inside. Um, at center there. I feel like you notice some hesitancy. I think uh, Bryson Estes at right guard. There, there's a guy, a name to know, right? I mean, maybe for the season. Potentially yeah, he, is a, he may be in that top eight rotation very yeah, well. Yeah, but you're seeing uh, Dolce Richardson in there. I mean, guy, some guys that uh, you really don't want to rely on this year. So Zane Herring is at left guard, I believe. Yeah, there. plus Harris is at right, right tackle. He oversteps and then gets beat inside by um, Jared Verse. And Dodger Richardson does, yeah. I heard mixed things about like his his body composition coming out of Miami Central, mm-hmm. but he looks like hey, there's something to work with there. That's good. Uh, he he kind of reminds me of Darius Washington a little bit. I can see that. He may be honestly a little bit longer than Darius too, which that would, would be that would be very beneficial. Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, yeah, yeah, is so, this is this verse making this play? That's Pat Payton. Oh, uh, Pat Payton. And, he he might have been if that list was extended to ten guys, he may have been on the the list of of ten. He's yeah, been solid this spring. Solid play on the front uh, side. It looks like Tate misses this read. 
Yeah. Yeah, he this defensive end crashed a little bit too hard. He should pull this. Um and then Gainer's kind of coming up on him, which means there's there should be another readout here since he doesn't have a lead blocker. Option concept. Yeah. All right. Nice little patient run by by Toe Philly. That's what he needs to be able to do. Uh, was what killed him last year. He lost that. He lost that concept of taking the free one or two and understanding that that's a good play. Yeah, it seemed like he was pressing a little bit. Huh? That he was trying to trying to make something big happen all the time. Yeah, Marcus he needs and to Douglas just get a field. is it? Uh, I so screen to the left. It's the tight end uh, to the play side there. Yeah, let's watch. It looks like he loses the block. And again, this is what this is probably day three of practice. First day in pads. Yeah, here's the block on. Plus, does a nice job getting up, on, getting up on dicks. That's <laughs> promising. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like is this Malcolm Ray? Malcolm Ray. Yeah, he it's wins inside. inside. That's kind of what blows this play up. I think probably could have been another name we could have had on the list. Yeah, yeah, that's a Chris Knee favorite there. All right. More boot action. I have a feeling this is a read. Well, it's not boot. It's sprint. I mean, these linemen are going downfield. That makes me that's that makes me think that this is this is a read. Not yeah, a it's, pure, tough to, it's tough to know for sure without being able to see the entire picture. The, the reads to to hand it off potentially. Yeah, so it's it's again a triple option concept where he can in in my opinion this is what I'm looking at is he can either hand it keep it and then he's got a little out route on the outside that he throws. Um that's the third read off off the apex player so the guy that's right outside the box. Yeah, it's a good play. I mean, you take up pick up 5 yards. Mm-hmm. Easy pitch catch. Safe throw too. Yeah. Catch. Do spam. Yeah, how do you feel about Ooh. spam? Uh, I Brennan. feel like you could see the athleticism uh, and the deep speed very, very quickly, but he does not look like a natural receiver right now to me. Um, yeah. Which we knew he was kind of a project, but I think it's, I was like, hey, maybe you could have him as a a field stretcher this year. I'm not even sure if you'll be able to have him game ready in time for, for that. Who is this uh, at right tackle? Right tackle 71 71 would be uh Chris Williams, who's a walk on from Tallahassee area. It's a big old hole, it's a left tackle. Oh, sorry, left tackle. Yeah, I was backwards. Yeah, I'm seeing some walk ons in there. Yeah, this looks like third. Well, we're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> it looks like one, a, of, one of those, one of those lines, third practice. That's it. That's it. There's AZ, yeah, buddy. Yeah, just fighting. Yeah. All right. He's wish, always even if he gives up a play, like I feel like he's always in position. Like he, there's nothing easy. There's no layups with him. Or we, oh, that's good. Look, he can nice little frame of the wide receiver looking up, and he turns around playing it. Yeah, that, that's a pretty advanced ball, ball skills. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got good hands. He played wide receiver in high school, and that shows too. Yeah, most of his clips in high school were wide receiver. All right, Trump's we got some goal line stuff. Jay tracking the ball well. A little run play inside. Yeah, it's hard to see. Well, they're wor- they're working they're working play action off of it. It's obviously a read for him, but 
who's he reading? Warner. Uh, yeah, Warner. Yeah. All right. So, um, what's happening? Is he, is he, uh, what's he? What is he making what, the right? What's interesting read? if he's re- if he is reading Warner, he he makes a bad read here. Bad read. Yeah. Because Warner looks Tate, like it crashes. Right. Tate's yep. hesitant to pull this ball. He has been basically since he's been here. Um, this guy looks like he's going to come around and block him. That would be split zone, and that wouldn't be a read, right? That's a very common play nowadays. Uh, but what this guy's actually doing is what's called a bluff block. So it looks like he's going to block him, but he's actually wrapping around to this, uh, yeah, he's, to this linebacker. He's coming, he's coming to set a pick on the linebacker so that the... Uh, so if he pulls, he it's a touchdown. The, well, and you also get nine releasing out. Yeah, to, totally yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a triple option thing here, too. Yeah. Oh, so if he, yeah, if he keeps actually, it... Actually, Tofili's coming to block also, so... Yeah, okay. I think this is a hundred percent a touchdown if he makes the right read here. If he keeps it, he has numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's I don't care how slow you are. That's a pull. A little sprint this action. Is, this is the this rope is really he puts nice. out there. Yeah, yeah. I remember that play. How's yeah, Pokey looked? As Pokey looked, uh, he if, if he's going to be your third or fourth wide receiver, as we kind of prognosticate, like thinking that would look okay. I think we've seen that would look pretty okay. Like that would be solid. This is a really. I remember watching this live and thinking it was it was a nice rope that that Tate put this on like while on the run, just nice crisp, clean pass where it needs to be, good zip. Yeah, it's an underrated throw. throw. I mean, other other hash on a line and a pocket. Uh, it's it's just a good call against man coverage, right? So this guy has to navigate. I think this is Sidney Williams. Uh, he and he just gets kind of picked off, right? That's why they call these plays in the red zone. Clemson won a national uh, championship on this. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, they used that last year against North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. I think they scored some concepts similarly. That's J Trav now. Uh, here's here's that same play. Oh. they're using they use a lot more motion than they did with with Kenny as offensive coordinator. And I know it's still Mike's offense, but uh, I, I feel like some things have changed. Changed. Yeah. yeah, it does look different. They're they're getting the quarterbacks on the run a little bit. I think. Duffy. It makes, it makes some sense with Atkins. In I was going to say is that Atkins did that with you know, he had triple option stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, Tulane. What's um, interesting, okay, so one thing I didn't notice on the first few viewings, look, McDonald sells this as a bluff block. Like, you can see if I go forward a few frames, he's, he's yeah. looking like he's going to block here. Breaking down. And then he releases and he actually gets the ball thrown to him. So this is, this is like a, a fake block. Like, like, a, like a like a stick kind of op, like where he, I mean I would call it a shoot a route, but I don't know what other people call it. <laughs> Weird. Um, I think the expectation is for him to block. I don't think he's. I think it's as he just ends block. up turning around. Just oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's just a busted block. Eh, either way, it's interesting. Say, that, that's an awful lot going on inside the red zone. Yeah. Got a false start. Uh, if, if that is tunnel screen. Tutty. Douche or no douche, Tutty. <laughs> I don't get the reference. It's not. A, it's saying Tutty douchey. Like if you call it a Tutty instead of a touchdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, find, yeah, yeah. I find myself doing that and I feel like an ass every time I do it. <laughs> I think it is. Okay. Just I, to I, be safe. Uh, All right. This might be an... One this is those. opposite angles. It's the same same plays, opposite angles. Oh, this is a different play. No? Okay, yeah. Is that YY uh, with the touchdown? This is a mesh down in the red zone. 
Yep. Red come zone on, mesh. Come on. No excitement for mesh. Well, Sad. here's the deal. The people, some of the people listening might not know my obsession with mesh. Mesh oh is my, my God, favorite. You play. should have seen this guy <laughs> on Tuesday talking about mesh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one of those plays that's good against everything. And, uh, the, the key to seeing it is you'll see these two receivers crossing over the middle of the field. If they're being real cute with it, they'll have the wide receivers uh, slap hands across the middle of the field. That's what I really like. I like when they get cute with it. But uh, there's no there's no cuteness here. There's no time for that. Ah, uh, mesh is cute. All right, so Let's it's keep, them, keep it rolling. Keep them rolling. And we're just gonna breeze right by White Rector touchdown, huh? Okay. Oh, it's okay. It, because it's so normal now. That's true. That's tight. I mean, Brittany, you told me tight end one, right? I. I I'm not even sure if I'm. I started off as a joke, but I kind of started believing it now. To be honest, he might be tied in two currently, which is he's definitely tied in two. Something. Uh, who is? Is this Philly? Yeah, I think it's still Philly. I like. He yeah. looks more decisive, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, I think so. Even if, even if he's cutting, it's like cutting with purpose. If that makes sense. This looks like outside zone, right? Mm-hmm. So he's just pressing outside, trying to find a hole. Kicking out the hell out of somebody. I can't tell who it is, though. They really haven't run a lot of outside zone recently, so it'll be interesting. A lot of outside zone, period. When we (laughs) thought that was going to be a staple of the run game. Right. I remember the very first preseason show we did, our first year we did it was Norvell's first year, and we're like, what's the first touchdown? Everybody wanted outside outside zone, but he really hasn't run it. So it's interesting to see it more and more in these practices. Their running game became so limited last year uh, as the year went on with the blocking. For some reason, Sinone decided to slow motion this when he put it up on 247 Sports. Did I really? That's really cool graphic. Um, yeah, I have no idea why this got slow motioned. This is was. the same this play was... that we just... Is this the same play we just saw? No, this, so is, this is some is sort of gap pin, scheme. This is pin, pin and pull. Oh, okay. So you see the front side guard is going to pull around the, here. They're yeah. going to pin with the tackle. They're going to pin with that wide out out there. They're going to... The, in theory, they'll kick, they'll kick that uh, corner with the guard and then run up underneath of it. Is that cam blocking, getting a good angle there, right? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, it's a good block this is, um, for cam. This is somewhat I've talked about, though, with the compressed formations. They run that compressed twins there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you would like to have Johnny Wilson here <laughs> instead well, of... Well, yes, I would. Little Ontario Wilson. That may have been when he... Uh, he he missed, maybe missed a little bit of time there. Yeah, it might be around that time. It was perhaps limited. But this is a really good read here by uh, Toa it's Philly. A really good Really good block. Is that Cam or is that Douglas? That's a really good block. God, it looks like Cam. It's hard oh. to tell. It, it's tough to tell. I think it's Cam because Douglas is looks like an offensive lineman. And Gibbons cleans up. I think it's Cam. It's got the short shorts. I think the block that seals this is Gibbons pulling around on yep. um, Deloach. Yeah, Kalen Deloach and just really sealing this hole. Green's a little too quick up the field there. I, I like the slow be, motion. I, I wish they were all slow motion, man. I didn't know that I did that. Wow. It's probably I think this is probably, actually, I think that was actually a Brett move. Uh, probably that is vintage Brett. On that one play. I actually think we have another angle of this too. For whatever reason, you included two same, uh, Two angles of one missed throw by Jordan Travis. It seems like you're trying to make a narrative over here. So narrative, yeah. I'm on uh, team team uh, team timing tape. timing throw, right, Kev? Yeah, this is just you see you got man coverage. You throw it before 
the safety gets over here. Mm-hmm. Um, McLean needs so, to win off this line. He he gets held up by Renardo Green. So that be a PI? Like he looks pretty handsy there. No, uh, depends. Uh, I don't think so. I think we're gonna see I'd a be, lot of Renardo being aggressive and maybe over aggressive, whether it's coverage or run game. I think that's going to be with Renardo. Like the the give and take there is he's going to be going 100 miles per hour, but there's going to be some. That's good because I think you're really really good at safety. So that's true. I mean, he was playing safety really last year, so that kind of I think that I think they'll clean some of that up. You know, guys, I've always heard you would rather say "whoa" than "giddy up." <laughs> rather say "whoa" than "giddy up." <laughs> it's my Jimbo. It's also George W. Bush. So this looks like outside zone, other than the fact that he's pinning this guy and they're wrapping you, him. Well, you want to know what this is? This is the freaking Clemson play. The Clemson killed him with last year. It's outside zone with a pin and pull concept on the backside. Clemson was called. reading this. This, uh, yeah, maybe they were. They yeah. were reading the one tech. They were reading Robert Cooper when it was he was Robert Cooper. That one drive. Yeah, they just ran that midline over and, they and just over. Sealed. They just they just washed everything. That so it's that same concept, but they sealed them instead of reading them. Off of. Well, it's always good, I, good I expect a little. I I do fully expect this year more diversity out of the run game. Yeah, if we're seeing stuff like this, that's fun. That'll that'll make uh so we do we do post game film reviews and we watch we watch all the plays and it'll be fun to to have some new running plays like this to break down. This is a nice cool job of the the entire oh. offensive line there. Oh, I just cut to our faces. Oof. The whole offensive line, like everyone's got a hat and a hat there too. Guys getting out in space. Like look at Darius, find someone to block. Boop. And what's kind of cool about this is it looks like the gap they're trying for is this backside a gap. But by having this center sprint out, it's almost forcing this nose tackle to run himself out of that gap. Hmm. So you see him trying to. So these tackles are kind of taught to to stay level with him and try to keep him from pinning him outside. So you see him kind of run him out of this play and it really opens up that gap. Sorry, I think that's just interesting. It's tough to keep tracking in the back. All right, Kev, I think we've... uh... <laughs> we're we're working on like an hour hour plus here. Yeah, we are e- easily. That might be my influence. I always tell uh, when we start on the bench recording, "Hey guys, just need thirty minutes from you today," and it's always <laughs> an hour. Well, let's end on a completion by by Jordan Travis here. How's that sound? Yeah, we don't want the narrative to be uh, anti J Trav. Good shot of Derek, uh, or, or is that Briggs? No, McClendon's nine now, right? Yeah, good shot of uh, McClendon versus. Uh, Robert, Robert Scott. Scott. We see the movement skills we talked about. It's why he was AB's first pick. Watch the uh, just just more fluid, more explosive off the line. Yeah. If he's not getting there. He looks quicker. He looks a yeah. lot quicker. Yep. And that's, that's a nice that's a nice set reset by Robert Scott. Scott. I think he's done a really good job with that this spring of uh, playing in control more. It, it, I would have liked it, to see a spin off of this by McClendon. I think that if he's got that in his game, he wins this. But that's right nice. There. That's really like nice. a spin a great, instead of the hand move. A snow a spin back out. Okay. Like at this point in the pass rush process? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right around there. I that'd think be, he beats him. That'd be a really solid college Absolutely. combo to be able yeah, to stack the... So he stabs outside out. like he's, like he's going to speed back. rush. Then he's gonna work. Because he, he's opened him there. He's opened his hips up. He's right. got that foot. And Scott's really not in great position there. He's a little, his base is a little wide. Now so he comes. Now he goes to work underneath, and there, Scott's lunged, 
He's a, he's a little out of position, but see, he knocked him off his. Yeah, he did. He, he's knocked him off balance here. That's good heavy hands by Scott. Yeah, this is. A, I'm impressed because I, I I think even that first move was a good move by McClendon. I think he's going to win with that a, a, a decent amount of times. Um, so that, that's pretty impressive by Scott. And I think you almost see he maybe is going. For yeah, he is. Back out, but you can't get. But to he's it. already lost his balance yeah. by that point. Uh, I I when I presented the question earlier uh, to yeah. to Kev, who we thought the most consistent offensive lineman was, I think Gibbons is a good call but i really asked the question so i could say robert scott and answer it myself and i forgot to do that so i i, I there was I, I have liked robert scott uh quite a bit this spring i think mean, gibbons is real solid left side of the line so feel okay with that Woo. That was well, fun, we, ha- guys. we have so much more film to watch but we'll have to save it for another time <laughs> oh, hey i just gave you guys you got post-spring content now you're gonna have to kill it <laughs> time in the summer somehow you're welcome yeah let's go back to spring practices and break down some more film um <laughs> uh, uh, all right, how do we normally end things here? I, if you guys listen to me on On the Bench, uh, you know I'm awful at ending it, so uh, this is kind of my weakness that we've entered you, here. Usually what happens is Trey tells me that I look like crap um, and that my guys, house looks like Guys, pay Kev, his, his dog's behind him, Patreon Kev's poor. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Wrestling reference, douchebags. Uh. <laughs> that's the general gist, yeah. <laughs> how, about, how about we end it? How about we end it? Just with, a fa- with, a, with a thank you to you, oh. Brendan, for coming on as guest host. Uh, this is something over the last, you know, I, I would say over the last year, we, we've all become very friendly with one another. Mm-hmm. And it's been a pleasure to have you on here with us tonight. Um, we're obviously big fans of your work at uh, you know, 24-7. And, uh, you know, on the bench, we're, we're, I'm an avid listener. I listen to everything you guys put out, read all your content. Um, so, yeah, I mean, thank you to you for coming on. Yeah, this was big. Kind of driving the ship tonight. No need to thank me, guys. It's my my pleasure. No, uh, if I could return the ball washing, I love what you guys do. It is uh, what this was presented. I was like, yes, absolutely. I will make time. I will always find time to uh, be on the triple option presented by X's and Knowles presented by <laughs> Tom Occasion because you guys do have such a good dynamic uh, and legitimately you're, you've done something in the FSU space that no one else has done. You've done it at a really high quality. So uh, kudos to you. Kudos to me for kind of wheezing my way in there for a couple episodes. This is what it's all about. <laughs> all right. So uh, let, let's wrap it up then. So for the triple option uh, for today's episode, I'm Brendan Sinone. I will be back next week. It'll be Trey Roland. I'm sure if he has not done any nerdy podcasts that prohibit him. From, <laughs> I from hope we can make our side. film review next week, but uh, who knows? <laughs> but check out these guys will, I imagine, be doing the spring game uh, film review. Yep. Fair assumption. Yep. All right. So check it out. Uh, the triple option on X's and Knowles on YouTube. And uh, if you're listening to this on On the Bench, uh, check out our uh, podcast for recruiting uh, preview for the big weekend coming up on Friday. So we got a loaded weekend on that as well. So, guys, thank you for having me. Cheers. Goodbye. Bourbon on the budget as well. You, the podcast. you can check out.
baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.